Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo with Colleen Daniel. She is broadcasting from home today, along with the entire About Mansfield news team. Appreciate you being here today. This is episode 35, and coming up on this episode, Mansfield news, sports, and weather for the upcoming week. And, as always, we will conclude this episode with the trivia question of the week for a $25 gift card to Jake's Burgers and Beer. Let's take a look at this week's headlines. School board candidate bows out of the race. This week, the COVID-19 epidemic appears to continue its declining trend in Mansfield. Councilman Casey Lewis recaps Monday's council meeting. Parks and Rec reveals their 10-year master plan to council. It's time to clear the shelter, Mansfield. Local gearhead spends hours and thousands on her dream vehicle. In sports... Does Mansfield's Kennedy Brooks have what it takes to be an OU running back? We find out from one OU beat writer. I believe Ty Webb put it best when he said... Let's go out to the patio. I'm home improvement specialist Terry Radswin, and we'll do just that. Coming up in the Ask Terry segment. Alexa's here with the seven-day weather forecast, and we will talk in studio with local entrepreneur Michelle Gooch. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. Hey, Mansfield. Did you know cannabis is legal in Texas? I'm Sonia Salazar, co-owner of Wise Wellness. As cannabis educators and advocates, we can answer any questions you have regarding hemp-derived CBD. Wise Wellness carries a variety of products, including oils, topicals, edibles, and pet products. We are located on FM 157 beside Mansfield Fun Jewelry. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, we are offering a buy one, get one free special on select products. Just mention the podcast at checkout. Follow us on social media for our latest updates. Search for Wise Wellness. That's Wise, W-Y-S-E, Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon. Hi, this is John with Pool Aid, your local pool care specialist. We here at Pool Aid would like you to know that coronavirus cannot be transmitted in pool water, so it is safe to use your pool or spa, just not for a pool party. For now, let's keep the swimming to our family that live in your house. If you have any questions or concerns or need a certified professional to help keep your pool safe and clean, visit us on the internet at poolaid.net. That's poolaid.net. We're here for you. Hi, this is Jan Cox. And this is John Cox, owner of Stevens Garden and Grill. And you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. The race for Mansfield ISD School Board of Trustees Place 6 has been reduced to one unopposed candidate. Chad Lavelle withdrew from the race in late July due to taking on new employment, while Tanya Sosa deleted her name from the ballot on Monday, citing that during the COVID era, Family comes first. Yeah, this was a, a group effort. I had to discuss with my family to see if they were going to be okay with this because they know this is something that I really, really wanted. So it was not easy. Definitely not easy. But I have to put my family first right now. Even though she's bowing out from this November's elections, Sosa promises to be back on a future ballot. I'm definitely going to try this again during the next round. But as of right now, I have to do what I have to do for my family because my husband's been having to use PTO and his vacation time just to make it 40 hours. So I'm assuming a layoff or furlough or something is going to be in the very near near future. And if that's the case, then I'll be the only one that's working in with courts closing because that is what I do for a living and not opening around the country. It's making my job a lot more difficult to watch other attorneys' offices close down, 
due to the courts not opening. So if I'm next in line, I need to make sure that when I can either pay my mortgage and put food on the table for my family, because I just took in two of my nieces. So there, there's a lot riding on my shoulder. And this is just not the time right now for me to add another issue on my plate when I have other people I need to worry about that are more important. Even though the timing was off, Sosa remains optimistic. You will definitely see me on a future ballot for sure. Right now, we just got to get through. These are tough times. You know, we're going to make it. The the world is going to make it through this. We just have to give it some time. And right now, it's just not the time for me. Sosa's and Lavelle's withdrawals leave Executive Administrator Warren Davis as the lone candidate. Davis is the Chief Human Resources Officer for Cedar Valley College in Dallas. Your chance to vote for school board, city council, the mayor's seat, and many other races, including the President of the United States, will be on Election Day. Tuesday, November 3rd. The COVID-19 epidemic appears to continue to decline in Mansfield. About Mansfield's roving science reporter Dennis Webb has the story. Thanks, Steve. The spread of the virus appears to be on a decline this past week after reaching new heights two weeks before. One reminder, as a city in Tarrant County, we are still under County Judge Glenn Whitley's executive order declaring a local public health disaster for the county until August 31st. We have not beaten the virus yet. On Monday, August 24, 2020, Tarrant County reported that 917 Mansfieldians had tested positive for the virus. 730 of these are estimated to have recovered, and 21 citizens have died since the start. Of the 917 total cases, we had 48 new cases this past week, down from the previous two weeks and the smallest number since late June. Progress, but still not at the goal. We had three new COVID-19 deaths in Mansfield this past week, all posted on Saturday. More than most weeks, but not a record high. On Monday, the county estimated that there are 187 active cases in Mansfield. That is, 187 fellow citizens who could pass the virus to another citizen if they aren't quarantining. This measurement continues a slow decline as a measurement that indicates the known extent of the epidemic here in Mansfield. We had three new cases in the part of Mansfield that is in Johnson County and no new cases in the small part that is in Ellis County. This decline is a really good sign that our behavior in putting the brakes on the spread of the virus with the simple actions is working, and we have to keep after it to get these numbers down to zero. In the words of our state and county leaders, when you're out and about, keep your distance from other people, wear a mask, Wash your hands a lot, avoid crowds, and if you're old and sick, stay home as much as you can. It's not time to let down our protective measures. We heard from a listener who wanted more information on context than my simple COVID reports have offered. I'll address testing in this program and discuss hospitalizations next week and add additional information to the standard report. We love hearing from our listeners so we can better serve Mansfield. Keep the questions coming. First, a couple definitions. A case is a fellow citizen who has been determined to be carrying the virus. A test is one sample taken from one person on one day, later processed to determine if they are carrying the virus. Cases and tests are added up separately, and public health specialists analyze both of them as indicators of how we are collectively doing in our battle to defeat the virus. I haven't previously discussed testing here for a simple reason. 
Tarrant County reports a lot of information about testing, but it doesn't break it out by city. So I can't do a Mansfield-specific report using data from public health authorities. I can, however, talk about how testing is going in Tarrant County, as I've watched it since they started reporting. Tarrant numbers include Mansfield numbers, and it generally reflects what's going on in our vicinity. Here are the trends I see in testing. Since the end of June, Tarrant County has averaged between 2,000 and 3,000 tests performed each day on citizens of the county. This sustained level of testing is an increase over previous months, a really good thing. Since the start, there have been over 300,000 tests on Tarrant County citizens. That would be enough tests to give one in six county residents a test spread across the past six months. That's a lot of tests. In reality, people who test positive will usually have multiple subsequent tests to tell when they are no longer contagious. Some patients have a lot of symptoms, but initially test negative, and so they keep getting tests. While test numbers are useful, the county offers a more useful daily case positive value, which you may have heard about. Governor Greg Abbott identified this as one of the metrics he uses to make opening up and closing down decisions at the state level, and Tarrant County has watched this closely as well. Case positive rate is simply the percentage of tests that come back positive over some period of time. For Tarrant County, this past week, 10% of the tests had a positive result, and each positive citizen was asked to quarantine until they no longer can pass the virus to others. The governor set a statewide goal of case positive rate being below 6%. Recall in Tarrant County, we're at 10%. The 6% goal comes from public health experts as a metric that you're doing enough testing to control the epidemic. The governor also identified a 10% case positive rate as a trigger for increasing statewide restriction, as he has done because these larger numbers indicate that the epidemic is spreading. Fear not about any new state measures coming to Tarrant County, as our 10% is actually down after a steady reduction from 20% we saw here in early July. It is likely that the dramatic increase in Tarrant County's case positive rate across the month of June led the county to get working on to have more tests, which happened, and a very good thing for us. For reference, statewide, Texas is currently showing a case positive rate of about 16%, and it's been above 10% since June. Another way to think about the case positive rate. If 80% of your tests are positive, you are probably only testing the most obvious sick people, and a lot of people with mild cases are walking around passing the virus to others. By the governor's own reasoned metric, the state and county are not testing enough to beat the virus down. So who are all these people getting tested and why? I can't say quantitatively as neither the county nor the state report much more than I've described. But the short answer is two categories. Number one, people under a doctor's care with a suspected or confirmed infection and anybody else who asks for a test. This is not a statistically useful sample of how wide the virus is spread, but take the total numbers in the case positive rate, the state can use this to figure out how to move its testing resources around to where they're needed. Tests happen in Tarrant County for the following reasons. First, COVID patients and staff in hospitals, who were the first priority back when we could not get enough tests, and this is where a lot of the repeat testing on a patient happens. 
Second, patients who see a doctor or physician's assistant with symptoms and they order a test. My own doctor emailed to me in late April that he had the capability to get a test done in his office. I haven't had symptoms, so I haven't had a test. Third, all the drive-through testing sites in the county operated variously by county hospitals, chain pharmacies, and the state of Texas. Some of these test sites offer tests to anybody who's willing to wait in line in a car to get a test. This is a self-selected random portion of our population, and results go to the individual as well as being reported to the state. A relative of mine did this recently as one of their kids had some symptoms. Three days later, they got a negative result. You can see daily test numbers and the case positive rate for the state and Tarrant County on their respective COVID dashboards online, though it takes a little digging. I hope this addressed part of the listener's question. I'll talk about hospitalization trends next week. At the About Mansfield Science Desk, we welcome any listener questions. I would love to talk about something other than the virus, particularly drawing on my expertise in astronomy and cosmology and my career in the space program. Reporting from the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Council met Monday night in a regular meeting, and Councilman Casey Lewis is here with a recap. The City Council held our regularly scheduled meeting on Monday. We started at 3.30 p.m. with interviews for the various boards and commissions of the city. We'll be making those appointments in September. We kicked off the main public session with an update on the park's 10-year master plan and an update on the Manhouse and Museum renovation. On the consent agenda, we approved the Music Alley Festival permit and wayfinding signs around town. We voted to extend the school zone on Debbie Lane that serves Asa Lowe and Western Middle School. We also voted to designate the 1940 Rock Gym and 1924 High School as a historic landmark. There were two hot topic items of the night. First was a council-led moratorium on mosquito spraying until an updated mosquito policy can be adopted on September 14th. We chose to instead create a 300-foot opt-out zone for any resident that wishes to not have mosquito spraying occur at their property boundary. This is temporary until the updated policy is presented and takes effect in a few weeks. We also were presented with a new development project that included townhomes and multifamily housing located behind Sprouts at Debbie and Matlock. This project was unanimously turned down by the City Council. We adjourned around midnight. At our next regular meeting, we will be voting on the city budget, including the tax rate decrease. On behalf of the Mansfield City Council and for About Mansfield, I'm Casey Lewis. After months of planning and survey taking, the Mansfield Parks and Rec Department presented their 10-year master plan to the City Council Monday night. Parks and Rec Marketing and Communications Manager Ann Beck describes what the 10-year plan entails. So a master plan is just that, a huge master overall look at the next 10 years of our department. There's a lot that goes into it. It's a lot more than just here's the things we want to build. We start with looking at our inventory and doing a real honest assessment of what do we have, what condition is it in, where is it located. Um, We look at what What do we need, which is based on comparing the city to benchmark communities, other cities near us that have similar makeup, see what they have, what do we not have, what do we have that they don't have. And then we also look at things that are called park standards, which is pretty much an industry-recognized assessment where they calculate based on population. You should have 
one playground for every 3,500 residents and so on. So we look at our population based on the park standards, and then we look at what we want. We, you know, we, we spent about five months in 2019 talking to residents, and uh, we had surveys, we had public meetings, we went out in the parks and talked to people, we had specific focus groups. Um, we did a lot of public engagement to try and get a good assessment at what people truly want. All of those different factors together, and then based on that, we uh, were able to come up with a pretty extensive list of projects and initiatives that we need to do to develop the department into the department that we would like it to be 10 years from now. And Beck states that the department has determined that when it comes to recreation, Mansfield residents really like water. All of our feedback came in pretty much on the same lines. Everybody would like more aquatics. Um, the splash pad at Chandler Park is incredibly popular. People would like to see more splash pads, but also more of what we call a family aquatic center, which is it would have a pool, a lazy river, some kind of playground in the water, smaller than Hawaiian Falls, but more than just a splash pad. They would also love to see some indoor aquatics, places for lap pools and indoor play parks kind of pools. And on that same line, the second most demanded item is a rec center. Beck recaps Monday night's presentation to council. On Monday night, we released a video that's also available on our website that basically gave a highlight of what we have learned. So it kind of gives a recap of our inventory, our needs, the public feedback from 2019, and then the projects that the committee identified based on all of that information. As we told council on Monday, starting Monday, we have a survey online um, that will be available for the next three weeks for people to give their feedback now. We want to know, this is what we came up with. Are we on the right track? Uh, these are the projects we identified. Do you really want this? And so based on the public feedback we get now, we're going to be able to narrow down the project list because not all projects will make the list. We have a lot of projects, but not everything is going to make the final cut. We want to be realistic. So that'll also help us determine the priority order. So if, if something is comes off as really important um, and a high demand for the public, then that's going to get bumped up to the top of the list. Mansfield residents will have a chance to voice their opinions in person at the Parks and Rec Department. On Thursday, the 27th, we have an open house at the Parks Administration Office right next to Oliver Nature Park, 1164 Matlock Road. Um, we would love for people to come by between 11 and 7. Staff will be here. We can talk to you about the projects. Uh, we can answer any questions go into detail. Uh, the following week, we'll have a virtual town hall meeting on Facebook Live. So we're going to answer questions there. You can send them in ahead of time or ask them right during the meeting, and we'll go over it all there. And then we'll have a number of different opportunities, both in person and online, over the next couple of weeks for people to give additional feedback. Um, and all of that will be used to help us develop the final plan. The majority of the Parks and Rec funding comes from a half-cent sales tax in addition to matching fund grants, corporate donations, and bonds, which takes the burden off of residents who pay property tax. Which is amazing, and it's great to be able to offer all of these great programs and not impact property owners' taxes every year. But also, you know, that's not enough to cover a large project like a multi-generational rec center like we would like to build is, is probably about 
40 to $60 million. A mile of linear trail is a million dollars. A neighborhood park is about $1.5 million. A community park, like if we were to recreate Chandler from scratch, is about $20 million. Even just replacing a playground, if we were to replace the Rose Park playground, that's about $500,000. So our Hefton sales tax keeps us operating on a daily basis. To view the Parks and Rec 10-year master plan or to participate in the Parks survey, you can find a link on our website, aboutmansfield.com. Just click on the Links tab. Clear the Shelter has become a nationwide campaign to move the inventory of dogs and cats from shelters into loving homes. Locally, the shelter is Mansfield Animal Care and Control, and manager Lori Strutmatter says, at the time that this interview was recorded, there are just two dogs available. Bruno is, he's about seven or eight years old. He's a bull terrier mix. He is a big goofball. I don't know if y'all are on Smash on Facebook, but he is the one that's always diving in the water and running around the shelter looking for toys and treats. And then the other one's name is Dustin. That one is a chocolate Doberman mix, and he's about two years old and kind of the same mentality, kind of a big goofball, but in a good way. Both of them are totally vetted and ready to go to new homes. Strittmatter says that adopting a dog during Clear the Shelter will save you some money on fees. The paperwork and everything is exactly the same. The only difference is we waive the fee in attempts to help what's become now a nationwide event, get as many animals and shelters placed. And it used to be a single day, but due to COVID this year, it's a, an entire week. Clear the Shelter in Mansfield also applies to cats, but... All five of our available cats, even the ones that had lived their entire life here, have been adopted today. Clear the Shelter runs through Friday. And if you're interested in adopting Bruno or Dustin... Visit Mansfield Animal Care and Control at 407 Industrial Boulevard in Mansfield. They're called gearheads, people who are totally into cars, love the sound of a revving motor, and are very knowledgeable about how to modify and fix them. One such gearhead is Samantha Markham, a 25-year-old Michigan native who currently works at House of Hot Rods on 1187 in Mansfield. She told about Mansfield that her love of cars started at a very young age. I was really interested pretty much from the time I was two. My mom got me my first Hot Wheels car. And then as I was growing up, of course, I got even more into it, watching racing and all that and with spending time with my dad working on his cars. While living in Michigan, Sam acquired her dream car, a 1978 Ford Thunderbird. Um, my mom bought it for a graduation present for me when I was 18. It was a replacement for my daily driver that she had let me use. 1,300 miles later, she and her mom found a new home in North Texas where Sam started to modify the T-Bird. It's not really like full-on refurbishing. It's going to continue to look ratty on the outside, but that's because I'm going for like a dirt track look with it. But mechanically, it's almost done for this stage I'm kind of doing it in stages, which is kind of how you have to do it when it's your only vehicle. Sam, who has been featured in Hot Rod Magazine and the Drive website, loves getting her hands dirty and is proud that this is a project that she can call her own. I do all of the work myself. I'll have my boyfriend help me or sometimes my coworkers will help me if I need like a hand on something. But most of the time I'm doing it all myself. I live at an apartment. I'll work on it outside at the carport. I've done that for a long time. I actually refinished my roof 
at my apartment parking lot. I don't mind working on it outdoors in the sun or anything like that. It has to get done sometimes. Are you ready for Tech Talk? Markham describes the work she's put into her car. It has a 429 out of a 68 Lincoln board to a 435. It's got 11 to 1 compression. It's hopefully making about 420 horsepower, maybe a little bit more than that. I haven't got it on the dyno yet. And it has a custom-made cowl hood. I've fully gone through the drivetrain. Everything is brand new. It's on different control arms in the back. It's got a Hearst quarter stick shifter. It's not completely done, but it's where it is right now. Eventually, it'll be built into like a pro touring looking car, but baby steps. Sam has been working for House of Hot Rods over the past 10 months, and when it comes to cars, she can do just about anything. I do anything from oil changes, I'll build engines, I'll, I do a lot of the custom paint and pinstriping and that, and working my way into getting better at metal fabrication and all that. And Sam sings the praises of her hot rod co-workers, even though she's the only female that works in the garage. This is a great place to work as a female, but um, where I spent my previous five years working before here was not good. But luckily, at this shop, I feel more than welcome and treated kindly by my peers. It's a great place to work. Sam estimates that she has spent close to $25,000 in parts and well over 1,000 hours in labor, but to her, it's money well spent. I'll spend as much money as it takes to keep it going. I'm just trying to live my ultimate hot rodding dream. Samantha Markham, chasing hot rod dreams right here in Mansfield, Texas. To see photos of Sam's T-Bird, log on to her Instagram page at S as in Sam, V as in victory, T-Bird. Let's check sports. Here's Tommy Cummings. The announcement still hasn't come down from the University of Oklahoma on whether Kennedy Brooks will play football this upcoming season. But if he doesn't, Kennedy should have a solid NFL future ahead of him. Jason Kersey of The Athletic has an opinion about that. He broke the story about Kennedy, and today he's with us to talk about the next step in Kennedy's career. He, he is a really interesting running back, right? I mean, this is a guy who doesn't blow you away with his size. He doesn't blow you away necessarily with his strength. But what he does blow you away with is his vision. I mean, Lincoln Riley had a great quote about a year and a half, two years ago, where he said, that watching Kennedy run is like watching a guy jogging with his labradoodle in the park. You know, he just, it looks so effortless. It looks so easy to him and it never looks like he's running that fast. That's the thing that blows me away. This guy rushes for 150, 200 yards on 12, 15 carries. And he does it without looking like it's that hard. I mean, I think a huge part of that, it must be said is the Oklahoma offensive line, which for the last four or five years, has been one of the best in the country. They put a lot of guys in the NFL. So I don't want to uh, take away from the credit that they deserve for this as well. But Kennedy is just a very interesting running back. I don't think I've ever seen anyone else quite like him, the, the way that he's able to do it and make it look so effortless and make it look like he's not running very yeah, at high school, he seemed to be a master of angles. He, uh, you know, he would go downfield and he'd always figure out a way to make the right cut, to use the sideline to his advantage, or use his blockers downfield. And I, uh, that was something that you would only see an NFL running back do, and much less a high school running back. He does have just incredible vision. He seems like he always knows where his blockers going to be. Um, he always knows. You know where, where the right angle is. All those things that you just said, and uh, you know, I know he had an incredible 
high school career down there and uh and and then he came to Oklahoma and, and was a key cog in the offense. I mean, I believe, I think I even put this in writing last year in November. I think that he was the most valuable player on Oklahoma's team last year, especially on offense. I mean, uh, down the stretch, they won a lot of really close games at the end of the year. And it was when they started giving him the ball 15 or 20 times a game, he started to really become integral to the offense. And so I know everybody sort of gets fired up about Oklahoma quarterbacks and Jalen Hurts and all of that. But Kennedy Brooks was incredibly important to them last year. And losing him will hurt bad this year. Kennedy played for the Mansfield High School Tigers and had two seasons with the Sooners behind him. And in more college football news, Sports Illustrated has listed David Iberia of Mansfield Legacy as one of the nation's top 10 defensive line prospects ahead of the 2020 season. Iberia has committed to Notre Dame. Meanwhile, Jalen Catalan will miss four weeks of practice time for the Arkansas Razorbacks after having a procedure to repair a meniscus on his knee. Jalen is a safety and also played at Mansfield Legacy. Youth baseball and softball players in the Arlington Mansfield area YMCA programs will be the recipients of grants totaling $60,000. These grants came from the Globe Life Texas Rangers Baseball and Softball Grant Program. The Y plans to use the funds for uniforms and to help maintain their programs for the 2021 season. And that's it for sports in Mansfield. If you have any sports news, let us know. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm Tommy Cummings. It's time right now for the Ask Terry Do-It-Yourself Home Improvement feature. Terry Radswin is our resident home improvement specialist and answers your questions about the place that you call home. Terry? Thank you, Steve. This week, we've got multiple questions from Dana who says, We have a small steel gazebo in the backyard and are thinking about having a bigger patio built. What recommendations or tips do you have? How can we do it right without breaking the bank? Is it a good investment over redoing floors? Dana, you've got a lot of moving parts there. And really, there are two issues that you're looking at. The comparison of the return on investment and the patio project itself. For that reason, we're going to turn your email into our first ever special two-part edition of the Ask Terry segment. This week, we'll start with the investment question. The first thing I'd have to ask you is, what are you planning to do with your home? Are you planning to sell in the near future? Interestingly, from the reading I've done, the return on investment for new wood flooring is between 70 and 80%, and it's about 70% for a fully decked out patio or deck space with all the bells and whistles like an outdoor kitchen. All things being fairly equal then, if you're looking for resale value, the flooring would be the better choice. It makes a huge impression on a potential buyer from the minute they walk in the door to view the house. Along with a kitchen remodel, it's one of the most impactful ways to make a home more marketable. A buyer looks at new flooring as one less thing they'll have to worry about spending money on when they move in, while an outdoor space is less likely to move the needle toward a sale. It's a nice thing to have, but if the potential buyer isn't someone who enjoys spending time outside, it won't make much of a difference to them if they're comparing with another house that has a recently remodeled interior. If you're planning to stay where you are for a few years or forever, then you've got a different decision to make. Instead of looking at return on investment from a monetary standpoint, you look at it from a happiness and comfort perspective as well as from a need perspective. Do you have a pool and spend a lot of time relaxing in and around it three out of the four seasons of the year? Do you enjoy grilling and eating and entertaining outside? Have you invested heavily in landscaping in the backyard to make it a more cozy and inviting environment? Or do you have worn and dirty carpet that just won't come clean in most areas of the house? 
or cracked tile or builder grade sheet vinyl or damaged and discolored wood or laminate flooring that's driving you nuts, here's where you've got to find the balance between want and need and make that decision based on where your hearts take you. Assuming that the patio wins out, we'll tackle the how-tos and whys and wherefores next week, Dana. Thanks for writing. And keep sending those emails, dear listeners. Indoors, outdoors, construction, plumbing, electrical, paint, flooring, doors, windows, roofs, kitchens, bathrooms. I'll tackle them all for you. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm Home Improvement Specialist. Terry Radswin. If you have a home improvement question, you can send an email to askterry at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that is askterry, T-E-R-R-Y, at aboutmansfield.com. Terry will take on another home improvement question next week. Monday is National Eat Outside Day. Let's see if the weather's going to cooperate for a potpourri of plated potluck on the patio. Alexa? In Mansfield for the next seven days, Tuesday. 98 degrees Fahrenheit and mostly sunny weather. Wednesday, 93 degrees and some sun and thunderstorms. Thursday, 94 degrees and intermittent clouds. Friday, 103 degrees and mostly sunny weather. Saturday, 101 degrees and mostly sunny weather. Sunday, 99 degrees and mostly sunny weather. Monday, 99 degrees and partly sunny weather. The Tarrant Regional Water District states that your lawn could use three quarters of an inch of water from your sprinklers this week. It will be another hot one, but there are slight chances of thunderstorms after Wednesday. This week is a good time to check each irrigation zone to be sure your sprinklers are spraying the lawn and not the driveway or sidewalk. To see a map of watering recommendations for North Texas, log on to waterisawesome.com. That's a look at news and weather. If you have a news tip that you would like us to follow up on, please send us an email to news at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that is news at aboutmansfield.com. Just a reminder to follow this podcast so you will be automatically notified when a new episode is released. The easiest way is to log on to our website at aboutmansfield.com and enter your email address under the Follow Podcast by Email heading on the homepage. And if you own an Amazon device, listening is as easy as saying, Alexa, play the About Mansfield podcast. You can also ask Siri to play the About Mansfield podcast on Apple devices. Coming up after the break, when we switch from news to talk, we will talk in studio with Mansfield entrepreneur, Michelle Gooch. Stay with us. I'm Steve Casillo with Colleen Daniel and the entire news team. And this is About Mansfield. It has literally carved the landscape of the planet itself. Yet beyond its beauty and its grace, it is essential to life itself. Water, it's awesome. Enjoy it, just don't waste it. Visit waterisawesome.com. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take just a second here to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce our weekly episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and can even help you market your podcast. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need the help from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located inside Mansfield's only co-working space, the studio is inside the beautiful confines of The Office in Mansfield on Country Club Drive near Matlock at 1103 Alexis Court. For more information on starting your podcast, 
podcast or looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. Again, that is podcastmansfield.com. In 1999, Mansfield Cares was founded to be the safety net for those in need in our great city. Mansfield Cares built the first free medical dental eye clinic and the warehouse that is home to the only food bank in Mansfield. Our city's seven food pantries, Feed the Kids program, Back to School Bash, and college scholarships have all benefited from Mansfield Cares. Become a part of Mansfield's safety net. Donate today at mansfieldcares.org. That's mansfieldcares.org. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, and this being the talk segment of the episode, we are going to move into uh, introducing our guest here in the studio. And, and our guest is uh, referred to as empowerment coach or transition guru. She is, according to the bio that she gave to me, is insightful, inspiring, and challenging. We will reconfirm that with her when, uh, when we talk to her. She helps people get clarity in their direction, explore their mindset, and uncover their own design. And she is the founder of Life by Design, which is a coaching business based right here in Mansfield. Michelle S. Gooch, welcome to About Mansfield. Thank you, Steve. I'm happy to be here. I am happy to have you seated right next to me. You and I share an office just you're you're literally what twenty feet mm. from from me, you, right? Here in the the office in Mansfield, this mm-hmm. co working space, right? And you know we we exchange pleasantries, and we never really get to to take a second to actually talk to each other. So this will be because we're hard working, that, we're busy working, <laughs> <laughs> and you have uh, clients coming in and out, and I have people coming in and out, and and so so this is going to be a treat because I actually get to now. <laughs> talk to my, my office mate and, and find out a little bit about you. And some of the notes that, that you sent to me says that you were an associate pastor for 22 years in one of my favorite cities in all of the state, in Wimberley. How did you talk about your experience in Wimberley and how did that lead to coming to, to Mansfield? Yes. Wimberley is beautiful. Absolutely. The place everybody should go if you've never been there, put it on your list and get there as soon as you can. Gorgeous spot on the river, gorgeous trees. Great place to raise a family. I raised two sons there. And so it's a beautiful place to raise kids. It is a a mecca for artists. Artists are drawn to it. And so that's a beautiful little byproduct of living there is that you're in the middle of a wonderful art community. So my sons grew up and are very artistic as a result of that. So love Wimberley. Never planned on leaving Wimberley. That was Mm. not in the plans. And just a series of things happened and transition came as transition does in everybody's life. And I... My family lives up here. I have parents and sister and living up here. And so I took a year-long sabbatical to to decide what was going to happen next in my life. And A year-long sabbatical from the church? Yes, from the, from the work that I did there. Okay. And I uh, used this as home base for that sabbatical, but never expected to live here because who leaves Wimberley for DFW, well, right? <laughs> I, I live 44 years in San Diego. Okay, well, there you go. And people ask me, seriously, Mansfield? But but I fell in love with Mansfield, and so a uh, perfect place for me to be. And you've been here how long? 
Almost six years. Six years mm-hmm. from uh, from Wimberley. Right. Okay. So I'm I'm doing some math here. You were you born in Wimberley? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, actually, I was born in Fort Worth, but four years maybe I was three or four years old when my family moved to Corpus Christi. So I grew okay. up really in Corpus Christi. And That's there, what I know. There you go. You're living on the coast. You've got the beaches. I. And, I and, I live in some beautiful places, for sure. And not only have you lived in beautiful places, you've traveled to some beautiful places. Yes, I have. And um, it, it says here that you you were vacationing in Mexico. Yes. <laughs> now, Mexico is also one of my favorite vacation spots. I, uh, my wife it was born and raised in Mexico, mm-hmm. and so she's taken to me some, not only the, the tourist places, but some, mm-hmm. some out-of-the-way places as well. But... You you had lunch with the cartel. It's true, I did. Uh, so I was with some friends who were also native, and so they understood all the beautiful places to go to, and they took me to all these backwoods wonderful places. It was the best vacation ever. And they... So we were off the beaten path, and we had another couple with us, and this couple that understood what was going on. Now here... If, if you recall, there was a time when the cartel was pretty active and it was not the best time to visit there. Was it before El Chapo was arrested or? Yes. Okay. And so, so we'd had in the news, you know, the pictures of people's heads in the back of cars and, you know, all of that wonderful right. stuff. So you really didn't want to be there unless you were with people that knew what they were doing. And that was in my case this couple. And so I had learned to pay attention to them, watch them, what they do, you do it. Now, this other couple that was with us was pretty oblivious and they just did their own thing when they wanted to do it the way they wanted to do it. And so I did not hook my wagon to them. Okay. (laughs) So we stopped at this little place. We were getting, we were running to the bathroom, getting gas and they were hungry. The other couple was hungry. And so they just popped into the restaurant next door to this uh, gas station and I was with the couple that understood what was happening, was paying attention, was knew what to do, was alert, and walked in with them, and immediately I knew something was wrong Uh-oh. by their reaction to the establishment. They kind of looked around, looked at each other. We all sat down at the table, and my host leaned forward and said, we're all going to be okay. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> well, that's not a good way to start. Uh, this is a front business for the cartel. And the cartel boss is sitting in the back corner. Was it El Chapo? I don't know who it's, it was. Are you kidding me? Okay. I, I was like, I, you know, I, I like to pray before my meal. And so I prayed fervently that day. <laughs> Just get in, eat. <laughs> right. That's what he said. And walk away slowly. Enjoy your hamburger and let's get out of here. <laughs> wow. What's going through your mind while you're eating your lunch? You know, I noticed... Uh, because I'm a people watcher, yeah. and because I'm, I like to understand what's going on. I noticed the servers and the people. There, our server and the you could see the grill, the, mm-hmm. the cook, and it was obvious that they were very oppressed. And in fact, it looked like our server had a big bruise across her face. Mm-hmm. So I just became more aware of the world they lived in. I was I was much more empathetic. Right. I wasn't as scared for myself, but beginning to understand something more about their world. And you got out alive. And I got obviously. out alive. <laughs> and in addition to having traveled to Mexico, you've been to Belize. 
And uh, it says here you you swam with an eight foot shark while he was eating. It's, so it's dinner time. It's true. Well, I we were staying in a little fisherman village, a little island, really. It's man, I don't even know, a mile wide and a few miles long, you know, just a really tiny yeah. place. We went out for a day of scuba. I was with my sons who were early 20s at the time. So everyone on the scuba boat were early 20s. So we're in the water a lot. We're swimming a lot. At some point, I'm thinking, I should pace myself. I'm the old lady here, yeah. you know. So I better pay attention. And so at one point, they all got in the water to do something. And I told the captain, I'm going to set this one out. He was like, okay, no problem. He stays on the boat. I stay on the boat. Mm-hmm. And he gets really excited about the fact that there is a shark close to the boat, and I must get out and swim with it. It's a beautiful thing. And so, of course, I'm, I'm a little bit adventurous. You have to be when you raise sons. So I thought, okay, I'll get out and swim with this thing. What I didn't know is that the captain was dropping fish <gasps> off the side, feeding that. To shark. attract the shark. <laughs> And I'm by myself. I'm not with the group. I don't have a guide. Nothing. Just me swimming this shark. So that was that was a pretty cool moment. Wow. <laughs> and you survived. And I survived. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way all my stories end. <laughs> I played golf in 105 degree weather and I survived. Right. <laughs> uh, you're really active in the Chamber of Commerce. I and am. how did... Why? How'd you get started into the chamber, and and now you're you're like uh, next to the president or <laughs> no, whatever? No, no. no. explain no, what what you do at the chamber. I just finished serving as a board on the board of directors. I did a three three years on the board of directors, so I just cycled off of that. But the way I got connected is when I first moved to town, uh, I had a neighbor tell me, you need to meet this woman, as I was explaining to my neighbor what I was doing, you need to meet this woman named Lori Williams. She lives here in the neighborhood. I said, okay. And then a week or so later, back this is back when we had newspaper, mm-hmm. Mansfield newspaper. I've heard of it. Yeah. I picked up the newspaper and I read this article that said something about the new president at the chamber and her name was Lori Williams. And I thought, it's not likely that it's the same woman, but uh, I'll go to this open house kind of reception thing for her and introduce myself. And so I just ran. That's as random as it gets. And I'm not an extrovert. So that's the rest of the story. So I show up in this place, nobody I've ever met. I say, you're Lori Williams. You wouldn't happen to be the Lori Williams that Mark told me I should meet that lives in my neighborhood. And she was like, yes. And that's how we started. And I... She's an impressive individual, and she has a lot of wisdom and knowledge. And so I immediately knew I needed to be mentored by her. And I figured the best way to do that was to get involved in the chamber. And so that's that was the beginning of a beautiful relationship. Do you remember when downtown there were a series of painted pianos all over all over downtown? the The person who donated the first piano to be painted was Lori Williams. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. I remember all of those. I was part of that group. I went to Lori's house with three other guys. (laughs) We looked like the Keystone cops trying to move this piano out of her house. And it was, and it was just a a spinet. It wasn't a big Mm -hmm. upright Mm -hmm. uh, thousand pound piano. And piano moving was not in our future, but, but Lori Williams, that's, and that's where I met Lori was, she was part of the first uh, painted piano project mm-hmm. that uh, 
that I chaired. That was really cool. Very um, cool. And and then we found out after six or seven pianos that Mother Nature can be very cruel to outdoor pianos. Right. And uh, that that project kind of fizzled out, but. You're still involved with the the, the Chamber of Commerce, right. and you're also involved with a, a program called Plaid for Women. Yes. And tell me about that. So Plaid for Women is a digital media group uh, that produces content on the business of life for women. So it's basically a women's empowerment place where women can go and find content about home and family, finances and career, inspirational health and wellness, and there are several different contributors that are writing, and they are all writing things that are relevant and needed in the moment. And so that's a, it's a beautiful space for women, plaidforwomen.com. Great place for women to go and find content. So I am the managing director of that piece. You, How long have you been a life coach? I've been coaching people since the fifth grade, but no one's called me that until the last six years. So I, I started this business um, maybe four and a half years ago. Okay. And I... And again, life by design. Life by design. And I was a counselor for 30 years. Prior to that, all my training is, is in counseling. And I used a lot of this similar approaches in my counseling, but there is a distinct difference between the two. And so I'm really, I've really just been a coach the last five years, four and a half, five years. Okay. You said something that really intrigued me that you've been coaching people since fifth grade. So <laughs> what were you doing in fifth grade that, that giving out advice of at, at school, which, which water fountain to drink out of or, or people but, came to me even when I was in the fifth grade, this is how, you know, kind of what your purpose is. <laughs> When they were in some kind of struggle, when they were having any kind of issue, when they needed to work something out, they came they to me. came to Michelle. Mm -hmm. And is, do you think that's also what led your path to being the associate pastor? Absolutely. That yeah. is just kind of in my DNA. And in that role, um, you get to partner with people in life right. and help them move forward. And you get... I also was able to do a lot of leadership development, which I love in that role. Mm -hmm. So, yes, that definitely is just part of how I'm designed. And as part of leadership, you also have gone through Leadership Mansfield. I have. Now, I'm, now I was part of the best class. Would be, <laughs> no, be number three. No, I was part of the best class, which was number eight. Number. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And my my guest, which has been on the show before, James Sellers, claims he was in the best class, which is number two. Uh huh. They're all the best cops. <laughs> yes, they are. But so, what is a life coach? What do you do? It, uh, let's well, let's start at the beginning. Where how does a client find you, and and what's the process that you take them through? Okay, boy, those are like twelve questions in one. Absolutely, Steve. that's uh, why I'm here. <laughs> so a life, it's it is challenging to describe a coach and what a coach does, but. I just referenced counseling. So let me start with, there's a differentiation. In counseling, you typically are looking back on the past, finding places you were wounded and healing from that. In coaching, you're always looking forward. You're always looking at where are you going or where are you wanting to go and how are we going to get there and what roadblocks keep getting in the way. So it's a little different in focus. 
And also in coaching, you're, um, it's different from a consultant. Consultants tend to come in and say, oh, here's the problem. I see the problem. And here's 12 or 150 solutions to that problem. Take them and run with them. Yeah. But that's not what a coach does. A coach is mining for the answers in you. So first, you are going to discover whatever the roadblock is. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You're going to discover it. I'm going to partner with you until we get there. And then you are going to discover what are the best steps to get through it, around it, over it, whatever it is. Uh, So my role then is to just ask the kind of questions to make the kind of challenges that prompt you to do that hard work. I think you had said something earlier back when we were conversing outside your office that everybody has the answer within them. Mm -hmm. It's finding the answer. That's exactly right. So as a coach, I come into the room believing everyone has the answer in them, but it's my job to to find it, to uncover it, to dig for it. And and, it, and it's not one and done in an hour. This is something exactly that... Exactly right. It's that, a process. Oh, yeah. It's a process. So the process was part of the question you asked. The process that I take people through, I have my own little framework that I work from. And so in my mind, it's my... This framework is the going to get you on the path you want to go. And it doesn't even matter where you started or where you're going. I'm always going to be able to use this framework. And so it's four R's in my case. <laughs> this is how I think. It's four R's and it's recognize. So I, I first have to acknowledge something, right? And then it's renovate. So that's that messy middle where you're pulling the cabinets out of the kitchen, you know? Right. So it's it's us reworking some stuff. That's, that's my favorite part of uh, is demo day. Is, right, is right. Tearing stuff apart. <laughs> Who cares about building stuff? Right. It's, okay. So that's it. You're looking at the old patterns, the old thoughts, the old rules, whatever they are, and you're starting to tear them down. Right. That's that renovate. And then there's a rhythm. So you move from that old stuff and you start finding the new, the new patterns, the new mindset, the new habits, whatever they're going to be. And that's, and you start to get into a rhythm and then you move to resonate, which is this place where the work you've done begins to amplify through your life. So if you came in and we were working on one thing and we made progress on that one thing, it should, it should amplify through the rest of your world. If we were working on professional stuff, it should impact your personal stuff or vice versa. And I was just going to ask that. The the majority of your clients, do they come in for professional purposes or for personal purposes? And so according to that last answer, it's it's pretty much both. Well, they don't mean to come in for both. They usually come in for one or the other. And it's pretty even, you know, half of them come in for personal, half of them come in for professional. But what typically happens is we unearth something that they weren't expecting to unearth. Oh, my (laughs) skeletons. Yes. There they are. (laughs) Exactly. And then they can apply that. So I had a physician. She came to me because she didn't like being a doctor. And she wanted to figure out what do I do about that? How do I? So we did the hard work of what's going to work for you, and and which was great. She landed in a place of realizing physicians are burned out, and there's a pretty significant suicide rate even among physicians. Hmm. And so that is the world she needs to operate in, and she's got the training, and the you know that's perfect. But the real aha for her was something, some work that we did that helped her understand 
her, her husband and the communication styles that the two of them had were so very different. Yeah. She walked away with a whole new way to talk to her husband. He was also a surgeon, so two physicians in the family. We didn't plan on doing that, and that wasn't something she came in asking for, but it was one of her biggest takeaways in that whole process. Wow. Yeah. And she survived. <laughs> and she survived, <laughs> yes. Everybody gets to walk out of my office and say, and I survived. <laughs> if someone was interested in digging a little deeper into their personal life or into their professional life, how do they contact Life by Design? Life by Design, yes. Uh, the easiest way is to find us on the web. So www.lifebydesign.guru, G-U-R-U. You're, you're a guru. I'm a guru. Uh, by the way, uh, yes. the definition of guru is just someone that walks you into the light. That's the definition. If okay. you go to India and you ask them, what is a guru? That's the answer they will give you. So that's that's a pretty good description of what I'm doing or wanting to do when I partner with people. So, yeah. Lifebydesign.guru. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that sub dot com dot net dot no, dot right. org. I mean, there is even a dot pizza and uh, <laughs> right. I did not know there is a dot guru, but there that is, is. Uh-huh. that is awesome. Yeah. What's your favorite ice cream? Oh man! So I have to. This is a longer answer than you want. I have food allergies, and so I can't have corn syrup. So I can't have corn. So corn syrup is in a lot of ice cream. So my favorite ice cream is the ice cream that I make with three ingredients, you know, and it's vanilla, of course. I love vanilla, but I also love strawberry. So when it comes to food, everything about my life is a little skewed. Vanilla ice cream. Vanilla ice cream. In in a nutshell. Vanilla ice cream that I make. (laughs) Are you ready for the lightning round? Sure. Okay. This is actually really going to tell the audience who you are. Okay. All right. And they're just simple... I throw them out and whatever comes to your mind spits right back at me. Okay. All right. Sunrise or sunset? Ooh, can I, I'm going to go with both. I'm sorry. I know that wasn't the option. (laughs) Mountain or beach? Mountain. LA or New York? New York. Breakfast or dinner? Breakfast. Texting or talking? Texting. Polka dots or stripes? Neither. Neither. You're not wearing, you're wearing a solid with an, <laughs> yeah. a flowery blouse. Okay. Yeah. Cat or dog? Dog. Definitely a dog. Small or large? Small. What kind of, do you own a dog right now? I don't own one right now. I, I've had lots of fabulous miniature poodles, like toy size poodles. And then my latest dog, he, he died a couple of years ago, was an English pointer. You really are insightful, inspiring, and challenging. (laughs) I want to be. There you go. (laughs) Michelle S. Gooch can be found, again, on the internet at lifebydesign.guru. You can find her here in the office in Mansfield co-working space where you and I are office mates. Right. And... uh, this has been fun. Thanks, Steve. I enjoyed been, it. This has been fun getting to know. Again, you and I have been here for, well, I've been here for about nine months, and you've been here a little longer than that. But uh, it's been nice to sit here and chat and find out who you are. So next and, time I'll interview you. Ah, deal. Then I'll learn about you. Deal. Thanks for being on About Mansfield. Thanks, Steve. Enjoyed we'll, it. We'll be right back. Hey, Mansfield. Did you know that cannabis is legal in Texas? 
I'm Sonia Salazar, co-owner of Wise Wellness. As cannabis educators and advocates, we can explain the differences and help guide you to your perfect CBD match. Wise Wellness carries a wide range of products, including oils, topicals, and edibles. For location and contact information, visit our website at wisewell.com. That's wise, W-Y-S-E, well.com. Due to COVID-19, the record amount of unemployment and loss of health benefits to Mansfield area residents has been staggering. I'm Carmen McMillan, Executive Director of Mansfield Mission Center. There's never been a more critical time for the Mission Center to offer essential services. During the pandemic, the Mission Center has assisted hundreds of Mansfield area families with financial assistance, employment help, food, and or medical care. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance, Mansfield Mission Center is here for you. For more details, visit our website at mansfieldmission.org. That's mansfieldmission.org. Congratulations to Eldon Vigil, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. What year did the Mansfield ISD Center for the Performing Arts open? According to the Mansfield ISD website, the Mansfield ISD Center for the Performing Arts opened its doors for the first time in June 2012. Eldon has won a $25 gift card to Jake's Burgers and Beer. It is time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular trivia question of the week. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to Jake's Burgers and Beer, a true Texas tradition of burgers and beer since 1985. Located on Broad Street next door to Newsom Stadium, you can find them on the internet at jakesburgersandbeer.com. Let's get to this week's question. Colleen? Well, Steve... Today's question takes us back to the 1800s. Charles A. Smith, also known as C.A. Smith, owned the first cotton gin in Mansfield. He also owned a building on Main Street, which still stands to this day. This week's question is, what two businesses currently occupy the C.A. Smith building in historic downtown Mansfield? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, what two businesses currently occupy the C.A. Smith building in historic downtown Mansfield? Good luck, and thanks to Brad and Kendra at Jake's for the gift card. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, our usual array of news, talk, and information, including a talk about maintaining your stress level during COVID-19 in an in-studio interview with Dr. Joseph Adams. The show will be released on Wednesday, September 2nd. Until then, don't forget to follow this podcast, if you haven't already, so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Host, Steve Casillo. Co-host, Colleen Daniel. Reporters, Stacey Main and Dennis Webb. City Council Recap, Casey Lewis. Home Improvement Feature, Terry Radswin. Sports, Tommy Cummings. Post-production, editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo. Thanks for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield. <laughs>